funny story about his bio. I asked him to send, it, send me his bio and he's like, yeah, I'll get it to you today. And the whole day went by and he didn't get it to me. And I gave him a little nudge. He's like, yeah, I'll get it to you tonight. And like at midnight, he finally sent it to me. And it was one sentence. <laughs> <laughs> it was only one sentence. So I'm going to read that sentence in its authenticity as he sent it to me. David is a longtime entrepreneur, venture capitalist, and former athlete who was called to the Great Awakening Frontline in mid-2018, founding AboveDuality.com, whose core mission is to empower, encourage, and equip humanity in a physical earth for a non-physical future. It's been a strange two to three years and many more before that, and you guys know all about this with your journeys independently, um, is I've kind of, I've, I've left this world of traditional business and just all the 3D ego and infrastructure and, and all, all the stuff around that with sort of, with sort of light bulb moments of my spirituality sort of coming back in at different points. And you look back and it's perfect the way it's happened. And it got to a point where I was just feeling this, this weight, something's going to happen. The world's about to change like that. You know, the whole, we can't even, how do you, how with a finite mind, how do you describe the infinite, that sort of feeling. And it, again, it reminds me of when I was sitting on the couch, probably seven, eight years old with my mom. And I remember it clear as day, I was looking out the window across this view of this farmhouse that we were renting after my dad had gone through some financial stuff and we sold this big property that we had. So it was that point, I, I just looked at that view and I said, I just think the world's going to end. Like, I just feel like, I don't know, it's not going to be around anymore or whatever it was, sort of cataclysmic type, not processing emotions the right way as a boy. And uh, she obviously knew something was up at that point as well. She's very, very, very awake. This is fast right forward to sort of three years ago. This had been sort of growing in different formats this feeling to a point where it just became this backpack I couldn't kind of take off. It's full of rocks and it was just, I couldn't, you couldn't avoid it. You know, when there's work to be done and you're meant to be somewhere near the front line or player part, you just, you can't avoid the, the work that you need to do internally, at least to get to the next point of, of action. So I couldn't avoid it. And it got to a point where I just sort of walked into boardrooms metaphysically and, and physically and said, sorry, guys, I'm out. You know, the companies that had started around with teams and they were like, like an hour ago, you were talking about the next five years of all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a bit like that. And that kicked off really the end of 2017. And again, through watching guys like yourself and watching people who've been in this movement a long time doing just beautiful work, um, I just didn't know what, how it was going to happen or what Above Duality was going to be, what it was going to be called. And that the way that name came to me is, is just probably through four or five meditations of, of what it should be called. It's a platform that brings on people and concepts that are preparing people to live in frequencies above duality. It's not that um, it's not anything more than that. It's, and that's what the higher densities are. They're just frequencies above the last density, right? That's what the higher densities are ultimately. Yeah. And so that's sort of what it's, I know now what it really means. Um, and it just sort of came to me that I called it that, but yeah, it's a platform to just, again, just uh, follow alongside you guys and just, mirror the amazing work that you've done with bringing out however much truth we can to as many people as we can to whoever needs to hear it on their journey and of course as we know we just get brought these these connections and it continues to happen it's just divine
I went through some very challenging but needed for me egoically times um, and came out of that and I was sort of, again, financially just busted. And I'm just like, what can I do to marry my love of creation and, and the moving image and the still image and make you know a pile of money kind of thing? So, of course, it was Hollywood. It was movies. And, again, the, my egoic side was still very strong then, and there was, there was part of the fame and fortune stuff, which was still an attraction to me. Certainly it was. Um, so I, at that point I was getting up at 2.45 in the morning and I was watching Eric Thomas, the hip hop preacher. I don't know if you know him. He's a motivational speaker. He's amazing. Mm. Um, anyway, among other people, and I was doing business coaching contracts, whatever I could get from whatever it would be, probably noon until 3 PM. I'd go in and work with the team within the company. So these three or six month contracts, but that, that 2.45, 3 AM to about seven, I was working on the film stuff. Now, this was all the way from, um, I've written two and a half really, but two big feature films from one of them is a true story and one of them is fiction. And then I wrote uh, two seasons, including a quite a sharp pilot on my first days in business, which is a mockumentary between uh, Modern Family, Entourage, and um, The Office, like right in between all of those, sort of a, a mockumentary. And I got to about three years of doing that every day, 2.45 in the morning, and then doing the business coaching stuff as it came along. And I was about eight months away. I'd come back from New York. I'd spoken to someone about a specific script, and they wanted to then go buy it off me. And that was a feature film, actually, of one of my dad's true uh, life accounts of a mountaineering expedition, which went wrong, and it came back and made BBC News. And, well, we're going to make it one day. Anyhow, um, and two couples, one initially – as divine intervention would happen, this is sort of say how it came around, convinced me to stay and build out a different e-commerce company, which about a year ago we finished building. And that really kept me away. Because I, I knew about some of the things in Hollywood. I wasn't deep into the satanic and the ritual abuse stick, the abuse side of, of that industry. So I didn't really know about it in depth. And of course, knowing what I know now, it's like, Oh my God, a crazy, crazy dodge bullet. So for someone who hasn't learned about how, as you guys know, it's a long, deep five or six podcast show, which we're going to do actually, I'll talk about that later, a breakdown of how the entertainment industry, music, movies, has been used as a control element to um, control the, the, the populace in many ways for very, very negative agendas. Now, um, as a side story, I think I can share this, but I'm going to anyway. And if you're in trouble, then you can take it out. But um, I, I think, I, Tyler, I told you this uh, when we recorded recently, but uh, I, we get people emailing us and some of those stories are, wow, you changed my life, as you've mentioned. And it's just blessed to be of service however we can with what we're doing. And you guys are just doing amazing stuff. And I've had a couple of... Um, a couple of Illuminati satanic survivors, ritual abuse survivors, write to me within very close succession of each other. And one of them, um, after some chat, and I'm not going to release this, at least not for a bit, but I was like, do you want to come on, come on camera and like, tell your story? Like, I want to get this out. And she gave me what would probably equate to about a four or five Microsoft Word page breakdown of how um, she had been in certain ritualistic abuse 
circles with some well-known names and she gave me a 10 a 10 year probably breakdown from when it began to really when she broke out of it of the the unwordable things that she was put through physically and many of her friends were put through in the bloodline that she was in didn't survive and she did and how they've used et technology to bring her back and keep her alive it, wow. I, I kind of it's there's stuff on there that is I'm still struggling with just to process that humanic humans and non-humans can do that to each other side story. So just table that for a second. But if you're just waking up to the stuff, the, um, the service to self people in the world, people who really want to uh, create uh, a world that we live in for their gain, right? I'll talk on the surface level and we can certainly go deeper. They have used certain methodologies to control the populace. Now, part of that is to control um, the ability for, for people to know how amazing and divine and to awaken to their genius, right? How do they do that? Well, they create an idolistic, an idol type platform, Hollywood, the music industry, where people just idolize these celebrities and people and aspire to be them, well, you know, what's shown on camera as part of this divine spark uh, distraction. It's part of it, not the whole thing, but it's part of it. And so they've used Hollywood to, um, I don't like the word weaponize, but we, we can use it because it's sort of familiar, but really to weaponize the, the spirituality of people, the awakening of people, I think if, I, if I'm going to say that correctly. And some of the things that this group, this control group, that has used Hollywood in this way, uh, use as part of their agenda for control and also for energetic uh, development is the uh, procession of satanic ritual abuse. It's just part of their methodology, right? And that comes into a number of different areas. So, um, and unfortunately, a lot of these top names, whether they're real or clones or not, we maybe won't get into that so much today, but they've got into this ring of, of, uh, of darkness, really, if you want to call it that. Now, looking at the mainstream news and the, you know, the OK magazines of the world, the, the people that control this, this media outlet of what's really going, what Hollywood is, of course, you're never going to see any of that in these um, publications and, and mainstream media broadcasts and shows. But you're starting to hear now, and uh, what's his name, Rodriguez, David Rodriguez, yeah. is one of many, many, many celebrities. And this has been going on for a while, who are coming out and talking about what's really going on in Hollywood and the music industry. And it's difficult. It's really challenging for people to hear that this, and I'm so I can speak to it because I'm, I love movies. I've just been you know, so passionate about movies for so many years. And to hear, I won't necessarily drop names, but to hear big, top, top big household names come out and, and talked about by people who are involved in this very, very unspeakable stuff, very challenging. And um, so if you're, if you're listening to this and you're hearing about it again from another platform, another voice, uh, yeah, it is real. And yes, it is challenging. And uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a journey together to get through it, you know, conceptually.
So I want to, yeah, really good point. I want to talk about this quickly because someone had mentioned it the other day and it's, it's the 1% principle. Now, when we talk about the, the DF, the dark forces, the people who want the world for themselves for various reasons, the DF, uh, you, you know them by different names, the cabal, the deep state, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, the 1% rule is one of the things that they've used very, very well physically. And there's non-physical stuff there as well. So if you can imagine a ship, imagine a tanker that's got a 10,000-mile journey, right? And of course, as, as we know this from planes, you're never truly on course. You're always just sort of making tiny little course corrections as you go to get to the, the, the destination. But what the DF have done with uh, the lots of different industries, Hollywood's one of them, the entertainment's one of them, there's the medical, there's big tech, the big pharma, big technology, et cetera. They've, they've used what is quite provable and credible in, in many realms in terms of information and science and theories about the world and people and evolution, et cetera. They've taken that and they've just turned it 1%, right? They've turned the truth away 1%. Now, if you can imagine that tanker going 10,000 miles, that 1% incorrect court plot, course plotting is going to be what? It's going to be 1,000 miles of course, pretty much, right? And so that's that's the way they do it. So there's there's truth in there. There's oh, this that's real. I can believe in that. But there's also the one percent, which is also very potent and strong. You know, if you drop a uh, drop of oil into a a, small, a, a big glass of uh, water, you're going to you know pollute the water. That's all. That's how potent it is. So there's there's this one percent of, uh, of of misdirection with this information that keeps people. And of course, there's other stuff. They've muddied the waters and, and used those tactics as well. You know, we know in, in ufology, it's really, really, really challenging in other areas too. But so that's the way that they do that. So you're, it will never be, folks, that you'll say, wow, that's black and white. I can see it, taste it, hear it, smell it. I've, you know, got the physical, the ET has landed in my bedroom and I'm shaking hands with him, smoking gun proof. You'll never get that. You'll never see that. And when you have a control structure that controls the information and the vehicles, you know, ever since Project uh, Operation Mockingbird came into power, which is declassed now, you can go read that on the CIO website. Um, when, they, when they control the microphone, you control the opinion and the belief and the energy of people. Mm -hmm. And that's fortunately what we're seeing now, as Kiara says, is the power of the matrix is collapsing. It's literally breaking apart because... Um, a number of reasons, but we can something like that. That's sort of the same with spirituality as well. You know, I, I'm not down on religions, you know, whatever whatever religion that you're part of that allows you to get to a platform of serving others, adding value to others, you know, activating the divine God source energy within and just being of service to humanity. I don't care what religion you put yourself on, it doesn't matter to me. It's what gets you to that place of divine love for your fellow man, for serving other people and being in that service to others lifestyle. Um, that's the most important thing. So whether you get there, it doesn't really matter. There's 101 ways to skin a cat, so to speak. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of these uh, religious, the leaders of some religious circles have been uh, infiltrated with this 1% principle whereby you, you'll go to a, a Christian uh, ceremony or, or an Islamic prayer ceremony, whatever it is, and there'll be such amazing truth for you with, with God and, and things. But then there's the 1% where it just, it goes in a little bit of a different direction. You're just like, ah, this is kind of, this is the same thing where it's been steered away a little bit. 
And um, everybody has to go through that journey of discerning what that truth is for them. But I've experienced that. Again, you know, we do what we can to unconditionally love and welcome whatever people practice in their, you know, in their, their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really what gets them to serving other people, which is the main thing. Yeah, it's so interesting that, isn't it? When you have an emergency situation. I've had a few, medical and, and otherwise, I've had a few. And nothing else matters except for you know, the health of that person. <laughs> You're not worried about what's on TV, worried about what Auntie Jane was saying about Trump three or four days before. <laughs> yeah. um, all you care about is the, is the service to that, that soul, that person. And um, it's like, what, uh, what's his name? What, uh, was it Kennedy or JFK or, or somebody else? I can't remember. That speech where he was talking about the fake alien invasion or alien invasion, how we would unite. Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Sorry, Reagan. Gosh. Yeah. They have blanks. Thank you, Aaron. Yeah. So it's it's that, isn't it? It's that. Exactly. That principle. So, so about the uh, invasion. If we were invaded, and she was ta- they were ta- she was talking about the fake alien invasion, and if that were to happen, if the deep state were allowed to do that, that would actually uh, just throw everything off as far as official first contact from these races uh, who are planning to reveal themselves. Because I didn't, I've never actually thought about it the way she explained it. She, it's not just about, oh, it's a fake invasion, it's a deep state. What it does is make, makes these innocent people, not, I say people, I'm talking about ETs. Beings. Beings. It makes these innocent people, it frames them as murderers. And that's actually, it's when you stop and think about it, you know, that you're making, I mean, I don't even have to explain to you. I mean, you know what I'm saying. And I've never yeah. thought about it like that before. So she made a great point. And I honestly don't think it's going to happen. But I don't think it's going to happen. No, I 100% agree. And uh, the thing I, I watched that and I completely agree. The one thing I wish she would have clarified is that that's not us doing That's the deep state. That's, <laughs> that's the, uh, we've been held hostage by this cabal for so long, you know, essentially. And yeah. they would be the ones doing this. And um, that's why we're trying to take, we're actively right now removing them from power so they can't do things like mm. this and they can't keep manipulating us and controlling us yeah. and keeping us from contact with with beings outside of the planet and um, and beings that are already here. There's a lot that are already here. So. I mean, how else how else are they going to do it? You know, you've, you've put your mind in, in the space of some of these high dimensional beings, which is kind of impossible in itself at this point. But... You know, if you let's use the 3D brain, if you're going to do that, how are you going to, when you know that, and the goal is to um, relink uh, humanity's knowledge of their galactic existence, right? What's really going on in in in, in the world, in life, in the galaxy? I mean, it's it's much more obviously as we know, it's Star Wars versus um, uh, Downton Abbey, which is <laughs> yeah. kind of as we uh, as we were led to believe even though this is shifting, how would you do it? You know, and that's, that sounds like a great way to do it. If you do it any, other, any way which involves government, regardless of whether you love the Alliance or Trump or White House, regardless of that stuff, if you do it within a governmental structure, it's open for manipulation in some way. Yeah. And this, there's no other way to do it. And look, this is it. This is the, this is the, the biggest challenge right now. You ready for this? This yeah. is what I think we're going through. We're going through... We're moving from, you know, you have the medieval age and the industrial age and the digital age. And everyone's like, what age are we in now? Well, we're in the age of knowing. We're going into the age of knowing. 
right? So we're, this is the biggest shift right now. We're going from the age of believing to the age of knowing, right? Now, the, the challenge is, especially for people who are waking up, and even for us who know a lot about the esoteric side of things, the real world, um, is that the, the way that people egoically have been trained to uh, attach their sense of security, their sense of self-worth, their sense of self-love, um, in a believing sense, to all things external, right? The, the way that you know, the, the two most important points in time are the day you're born and the day you find out why, right? It's, it's a, a cliched saying by yeah. Twain or Franklin, one of the two. But we've been conditioned to live our life and belief systems around things which are really given to us by other people, right? And there's been some idle stuff like we talked about. There's been some... Anyway, it's all about giving our power away. And we've been believing everything about our life and our structure of our life through that. Now, as we move into the age of knowing, it's about finding everything from within, right? Mm -hmm. Developing the yeah. Christ within and finding the truth by our own methodology of, of med med meditative practice, um, if I can say that right. Um, uh, all the spiritual ways of discerning and then knowing information. So we're heading, this is the shift that we're, we're going through as well. And it's just this, it's the breaking away of that. It's very challenging. And uh, even if you're just waking up and going through that, for us, it's challenging too. Like letting go of these old paradigm shifts of, of who we are and why we, why we are and how we are. Yeah. Um, even though yeah. many of us have known for a long time. So this is the, you know, maybe even for the people who are trying to help people wake up right now, you've got to remember this. You're ripping away an old part of someone so they can let go of those old stories, let go of those old belief systems to make room for the new awareness of what life really is. And we just, I, speaking to myself here, we've got to remember that because it is, it's a challenge to deal with people who are not ready to wake up. Uh, some stuff that I've got going on, um, very excited to announce that, and no one knows this yet online, is that Kiara Windrider and I are going to be coming together to uh, produce a series, which is really a big collaboration project. And I'll talk to you guys about it as well, I'm sure, um, is to start off what it's all about. What you know, To understand the 5D, you've got to understand the 3D. To, to start to uh, talk about the 3D more and then take people up, however long this takes, to the 5D modalities and where we're going. The, the new, it's it's going to be called the, the New Pandora Project. And I mean, Kira is amazing. I'm just you know blessed to be in his company. He's just profound. His, his wisdom is something else. Um, anyway, so we're going to be doing that. And he was sharing me with me a reptilian experience that he had. And I'll share it with you if you like. Um, it, and it ties into what we're talking about, about the, because the 5D isn't about getting rid of the, the 3D. It's not about getting rid of the negative guys. This is really, really important. This is something that he really hit me with, is that it's not about, it's about taking the, the, the non-moving energy, the dark, the negative energy, bringing it into, well, promoting and, and generating the, uh, the strength and the power of the high frequencies first love and and that and then bringing in the negative integrating the two and moving forward right it's a transmutation it's not a removal 
the removal happens naturally by the transmutation. Yeah. It's about bringing the two energies together. Very challenging for some of these topics, very challenging and energies. And he was telling me about this reptilian experience and he's going to share it. And I'll, I'll just share it a little bit um, is he was visiting with a, uh, a, a guru in South Africa and doing a, a little bit of time with him. And they came back to their hotel rooms and he was just feeling like he was being attacked in some way. Like he had this, he had this, this power coming through him and it, it biologically it started to make him sick for a few days. But in the beginning phase of that, he went back to his hotel room and in this reptilian being right there, you know, power, I've never felt their energy, but apparently it's just, it's so powerful and he was just like, okay. And it, it wanted, he could feel it wanted him to look at him in the eye. They wanted to make eye contact. And that was kind of it to begin with. But he wanted to make eye contact with him. And he sort of grounded himself, got back into, into love, into purity, and just asked his guys, look, is this okay? Is this, is this okay to do this? And they said, yeah, it's all good. And so he went back. And as soon as the, the guy said yes, this reptilian just poured into him this powerful energy somewhat negative but just powerful and just moving through him and sort of like a waterfall sort of going through him kind of like the rainbow bridge work right just pouring through him and then immediately as well his guides poured through him on the other side just a waterfall of love and and the purest form and they were going and they merged together and this i don't know how long it went on for i don't remember the story and he'll tell it better than, than me but they were just interlocked and the love trans transmuted the negative and then it stopped. And then hundreds of reptilians appeared all around like that. Wow. And the message, I don't know whether it was spoken or whatever it was, but he got the, the vibe that the reptilian wanted to feel that love energy. It wanted to feel, understand it in a positive way. So again, guys, this is, you know, and, and this is, I'm guilty of this. As when we talk about the Dracos and the, the reptilians and the greys and the negative beings, there is a transmutation going on for them. Uh, we have to somehow be open to the fact that we can be conduits for their awakening and their, and their returning to the light. Now, this won't be all of them. Well, there's only a small percentage that are really very dark, but we have to be open to that. And that's something that, that challenges me because, you know, these beings I've, I've held in very dark regard for, really as long as I've, I've known about what's going on. Someone had asked me, oh, I, was, I did another radio show and um, I, it just asked me this question. It really caught me off guard and I just fumbled through an answer. But he'd asked me, um, so I'd heard that a lot of the overlords of the, the draconian overlords of them, the white-winged uh, Dracos and some of the raw reptilians, they've left the planet. Their energy has left physically the, the planet. He said, do you, have you heard about that? What do you think about that? I was just like, totally took me off guard. But it's very interesting because um, if you look at what's going on and if you compare the intelligence operations in regardless of what the Alliance are doing, if you compare the quality of the intelligence operations of the deep state over the last three or four or five years to right now, it's, it's almost night and day. It's kind of like the, the adults versus the childs, right? The, the children. And so I think that may even tie into it that these, these top layers of leadership and you know, the white generals on the hill have, have left. I'm not sure about that, but it's just a feeling I get. It's just kind of, it's almost unfair, the intelligence advantage they have, it seems, although they're still very sort of, um, still very effective to a degree. But I'll share something with you that um, as a colleague of mine, what can I say about him? 
um, let's just say he's in uh, is in border control operations and he's is on an elite task force. And he said something to me in a message thread the other day, which was really got me thinking. And it was, I'm not sure if I've talked to you about this title or not, but um, he'd said that things that are happening are way too in line to be happening by chance. Like, and he just thought that so much of this has already happened. And immediately I got this sort of this mini zip to consciously the, the two things that have always stood out for me with what Q says. And that's you're watching a movie and trust the plan. Now, I know a little bit about movies. I'm not acclaimed in Hollywood, but I know that you can't go to production. You can't take the team to production until you've got a solid script already written, already laid out, already solid. And it can change it. And it does change as you get through production. But I just, I think so much of this has already been done. I really think so much behind the scenes has already been rounded up and taken care of. And they're presenting sort of in theatrical form different phases of this awakening. And I don't, I don't have any proof of that. I just feel like it's, it's already been, so much of it's been done. Yeah, and it, it ties into the feeling I had right from when this began, this, the scandemic, um, whenever it was now, it was so long ago, doesn't it? Is it even going on? Anyway, <laughs> is it still going on? What's going on? Um, is I just felt like, no, we're already there. I felt no fear. I felt total peace with the whole thing. And just felt we were already already through it. And I, I still feel that. I just, this sort of just came to me, and I'll, just, I'll try and get it out as it has come to me is that I think for a long time I could feel the divine feminine coming back if I, if I look at things. I could feel that coming to me. I could feel myself getting more sensitive, uh, not necessarily more compassionate and empathetic, but maybe parts of that. But I, I felt very, uh, uh, through these things, I very, very personally sort of moved off center with, with becoming more susceptible to stuff, you know, the, some of the divine feminine elements. And now we have the divine masculine, the DM, coming back in to, to join and merge. So I think people who are feeling, and I'm feeling this right now, and I'm doing it sometimes without even thinking, and this is not sort of in a, a place of, of hierarchy or more important than anybody else, but it's as these two come together to join the masculine and the feminine and balance it, you sort of, and maybe some people will feel called to do this, rather than go to, um, I'll use a parenting analogy, whatever, but rather than go to the child who's fallen over and, and grazed their knee and is crying, rather than saying, oh, that didn't happen, you sit him up and you do the, it's okay. It's okay. You do the it's okay moment, right? Mm -hmm. And I think I, I'm trying to get myself more to this place right now where people are like, oh, you're seeing what's happening in South Africa and what they're doing there and killing each other here. And like you said, Tyler, you know, this is going on in the news and what have you. I'm just like, guys, it's okay. And that that knowing, I guess it's a knowing energy. It's a knowing energy to be able to, and that's really important for a lot of people right now because they're looking for that, that, that stability that everything is okay. And um, anyway, I just, again, thank, I felt. Yeah, thank you, know, you for reiterating what I said and that you said it perfectly. And you said it's the age of knowing. Well, hmm. it's, we're going in the age of knowing and there's no longer going to be like the age of skeptics is ending, which is um, which I'm excited about. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's like, basically you're not going to be allowed. It's not going to be even possible for you to be a skeptic where we're going. 
because everything's going to be so transparent. You're going to, if what we hear about some of these ET races, you know, you can't even think something about somebody without them picking up on it. If we really do evolve into something like that, uh, it's, it's fully transparent. It's full honesty. It's full loyalty. It's, it's uh, living in the oneness that we're meant to. But, mm-hmm. uh, and so I can't, the age of skepticism, you know, people will say, I'll always be a skeptic. Well, you know, maybe, but maybe well, not. Skepticism is not wrong. It's just the, it's yeah. what most people call skepticism and say they're a skeptic is actually ignorance and it's actually rejection of things they don't know <laughs> and, and blind acceptance of things they're told. And that's yeah. not, that's not true skepticism. True skepticism is just, oh, let me look into this myself and not just blindly accept it. That's it. It's that yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's the mindedness that comes with it. The open-mindedness or the closed-mindedness. Exactly. And that creates the, either the, the investigation or not. But what I'm seeing is the part of this great awakening is this sudden realization of so many people of like reality, like what they've just been handed is how do I know this is true at the very least is like, it's like suddenly, oh, I want to like start investigating reality for myself and finding out truth for myself rather than just accepting this package that's been handed to me. And, and a big, you know, part of why that's happening too is that all these structures are crumbling in front of everyone's faces and it's all, it's getting so much harder for them to maintain these illusions Mm. of uh, these false realities that been presented to us because they're all crumbling right now. They're crumbling just and as fast as they're being put up. Exactly. You know, they can't. They're scrambling mm-hmm. to keep them up, but there's nothing they can do to, they can try to slow it down, but there's nothing they can do to stop, mm-hmm. stop it all coming down and, and this awakening from happening. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. It's, it's sort of the, uh, the ignorance, ignorance, ignoring. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, I have to think about this, but it's probably somewhere near the opposite of knowing, right? And yeah. so the ignorance is not going to be possible because we're moving that way. It's, it's very true. Yeah. And um, it is challenging and it is, and I'm part of this as well. It's forcing us to bring out what we need to, you know, the spiritual knots that we've got in the rope of ourselves. We've got to go. Yeah. I tied that knot sort of five, six years ago and I just, you know, the rope works fine without it. No, you're going to have to go back and you're going to have to tease the knot out so you can, keep climbing and uh, i'm certainly going through lots of stuff like that with me spiritually very challenging um you know it's not just people who who aren't awake who are struggling it's not struggling but who are are challenged and even more so because we get you know we get attacked by i didn't get into that but you know we get these attacks from in all sorts of different ways some heavier than others fortunately i've not been too too majorly attacked by anything that i can say is you know, an entity and I can see it kind of thing in a shadow, but I've, I've got all kinds of subtle manipulation going on, which is, is forcing me to level up in the white magician realm, I guess, if you want to call it that, and all of us to develop these. Because when the whole concept of fear is, is transmuted, is diluted, is eliminated when you have empowerment, right? You know, when yes. you when you have a reptilian being come to you and you've got, you know, your Harry Potter sitting there with the wand going, Hey, Hey buddy, off you go. Like yeah. you had talked about Tyler in, in our show with the, the sleep paralysis is you start to become empowered by knowing how to combat these energies and frequencies. And so, um, and I'm going through this right now with learning about some of the rainbow light body work 
and the clearing is just amazing. My God, um, is to be able to develop these these skill sets to to not need not not need fear, not need it anymore for your journey. And mm-hmm. um, that's part of it as as well as right now the journey of the transmutation of of this fear energy is anyway. But yeah. yeah, and it's a Nira Isley quote, and I I'm gonna butcher it. It's something like once you once you realize that. Once you overcome fear, it loses control over you. And that's not the quote, but that's basically the message. You know, once you once you understand that what it is and you don't have to be scared, then it loses control over you. And mm-hmm. you can therefore step into the light. You said understand. That's a key word there. Understanding is what is what um, dissipates fear because fear can only thrive when you don't understand something and then you fear it, right? Yeah. But once you truly understand it, there's nothing left to fear because you understand it. <laughs> Absolutely. Really, it's really kind of that. Absolutely. It's a really good point. I think it's not going to blow our minds. We're going to be in a different density to be able to absorb stuff. So it's kind of, and it's difficult to think about that. So we will be able to do it. But, you know, when I think about some of the things that we know are coming, you just go, okay, yeah. <laughs> buckle in the roller coaster. It's going to be interesting. And there's going to be things that really, move us to whole whole new levels of awareness and belief it's just i mean just even thinking about stuff now you know i'm doing a an egyptian mystery school with with jeff dunphy and his joy group which is just how can i even describe it it's unreal and one of the biggest concepts for me was that and this is as some of john john anthony west's teachings he's got a wonderful uh, the serpent in the sky he's got a great book on uh, esoteric egypt and it's that if you look at the construction of a lot of the, the pyramids and the Egyptian ar- architecture, it wasn't constructed in the way that civilization is over time. It just became, right? It just kind of mm-hmm. all went up. And it's because it was a legacy, not from a blueprint. And then when you think about that concept, you think about, well, okay, let's go back, Atlantis, Lemuria, and all the way, you know, the way that the world has been to where we're at now, we're as we're in the loop, we're going back to this incredible, another level, probably this incredible time of, of metaphysical life, you know, the best way I can put it. The beyond deja vu moments that have happened in my life. Now in 2000, and I think I'm going to get the dates right. 2001, because I had to look this up in 2001, I had this recurring dream and I was running out of this, uh, this long tunnel with people, all dressed in white around me and I could see myself running out. So the camera was so that the POV, the point of view was, was, was me running out, but also I was also there as well. So it's, you know, how dreams are sometimes you get the, the first person, the third person view all at once kind of thing sometimes. And I was running out of this tunnel and it would spill out. It was sort of came out to this, this missile silo, which is what it was. And there was sort of a big lid off it where the, the, the cap of the silo had been sort of broken down and been hollowed out and used. And these, these people and me would run out onto this platform and there'd be this 360 degree view and we'd be in this desert and the rocks were kind of uh, like Ayers Rock in Australia, quite red and, and sandy red. And that is this big sort of 360 degree view. And that was the dream. I have this over and over again. Now, uh, <laughs> it sounds pretty unbelievable, whatever. The, the following year, there they're about, so probably 2002, uh, this movie came out called The Island. Remember that movie yeah. with McGregor, Scarlett yeah. Hansen, Michael Bay film? And 
I watched it for the first time, and the ending of that movie was my exact, down to some of the rocks and the textures of the rocks that I remember, was uh, was the ending of that movie. It was my dream. Wow. It was lit, and I watched it, and I was just like, I didn't really, with these things, you don't really know what to do, right? You don't know how to react, and it just freezes you and does all kinds of stuff. And I'd kind of buried it for a number of years, but this has happened a few times to me, but that was, that was me helping in this great awakening. That was to be what I was going to start to do um, that you guys have been doing for a long time uh, in this, in this movement. So, and it was in the dream. It was as it sort of is important. A lot of the time was the feeling of I'm helping in some form of liberation with these people. And of course, at the end of that movie, it's they all, you know, the matrix for them has collapsed. The holographic projectors have been knocked out and they are seeing, holy shit, like the, yeah. the world is not gone to hell in a handbasket and is not this, what was it? So the, the nuclear fallout reality, it's actually, everything's fine. Anyway, so that was one. Um, what can I share with you with the contact experience? I mean, I have so many ship sightings here, so many. So I'll share one. I'm not sure if I've shared this yet, but on camera, when I was Tyler, when we were connecting a few weeks ago and talking about the Elder Council, when I just recorded with ESETI, and I was talking about I'd been called to be part in some way of creating an Elder Council. And I'm still, I've got no idea what it means. It's still fleshing out. And it was just bothering me because uh, it was it, it coming in very, very, very slim packets over a few days to a point where it had come together. I was like, okay, it's going to be an elder council that I'm going to be part of helping to create in some way. And, um, and my little dog needed to pee. So I let her out. I was watching star Wars, the, the ninth, uh, the ninth star Wars. And we went outside a beautiful, clear night. And this happens to me a lot during the week, but I'll share this particular story is uh, for no reason. I just wanted to talk about the elder council with, whoever was listening to so the little two, three minutes CE5 little meditation and invited in whoever wanted to say hi. And there's a, a particular group that I have been contacted with. This is not the Ponty and the Ponty do do this as well. So it's kind of confusing, but um, and normally I put out telepathic connections to whoever's out there and I, I try and, I try and practice my telepathy, but for some reason I wanted to speak. it. So here was me midnight, you know, speaking on my, my back doorstep to the stars, and I was just talking about the other council. I was just saying, well, um, I just get this feeling that this was from one of you guys. Like, was this from, did you give me this, like the elder council thing? Mm-hmm. And immediately, flash, like that. Big, big, bright flash. Not blinding, but big, kind of like when a, a plane turns around and you see the full force of the, you know, the uh, not the FAA lights, the, the headlights. You see it, and then it goes, yeah. obviously wasn't a plane a flash like right after within a second of me speaking this i was like okay and then that that launched me into 301 questions right okay great awesome i know where it's from i feel secure with it what about this what about that who's going to be involved how is it going to work where's it going all these questions i'm speaking this out loud yeah so after i have long two three minutes i don't know how long um i said i got this feeling of it's difficult to describe these telepathic things sometimes, as you know. Anyway, I got this feeling of stillness 
and sitting and finding peace and finding just feeling like finding an answer from within. And I just stopped my talking almost in mid sentence. And I was like, and that, that flash was over here as, as we look on camera here. And I was now looking up here. I didn't get a ping to look in a direction. This sort of seemed to happen more organically this time. And I said, you want me to f get used to finding the answers within, don't you? And straight away, flash, same flash. And that was the experience and nothing else. And so that's one of them. Stuff that happens all the time. And um, anyway, that was one of That's cool. It's that's kind, amazing. It's kind of like a... Oh, oh man, it's like a, it's like asking a pendulum a question, and it will give you like a yes or no. But it's you know they're straight up flashing you yeah, in the sky. Uh, so this this felt like um, a very high dimensional. Whether it was Pleiadians or Arcturians, I I don't know. But it felt like, or some of the Andromedans, as, as uh, Alex Collier talks about, it felt the wisdom that I got from it was almost a almost an arrogant wisdom, which is my three D processing of it, which is wrong. But it was it was so neutrally knowing that it felt like because I because they didn't want to answer any more questions from me. It was just like, yeah, kind of like when you read some of these these scriptures or or uh, books on the masters, like they'll they'll tell you three words which will contain a lifetime of wisdom. Like that's yeah. how powerful it is. Yep. Like it's like the, the packet is just in two words. So the feeling I got with this, and it wasn't a deep connected uh, interface. It was just a kind of a mild one, but it was, it was an elder, an, el an elder feeling. There you go. It was an elder feeling. And wow, I've had wow. some, I've had some elder council experience as well. So <laughs> I had, now you're going to, people are going to give me a lot of shit about this, but I had some uh, DMT at my house and it had been sitting there for over a year that I had, I had gotten from a friend and I hadn't used it in a long time. One night I was just like, I wonder if there's any left. I'm a witness to this, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh. I was like, and there was some in there. So I was like, there's enough for a good hit here. I was just drawn towards it because I the experience I had before was totally unreal. It was amazing, beautiful. And I wanted to see, I, I don't know why I was being guided. And I, I was going to play some music, put up some protection, do the whole thing. I'll try and go through this quickly. And I... Uh, got distracted. I got somebody sent me a message and needed a favor. So I was in the middle of doing something. And then when I was done, I just laid back and I just took the hit without putting up any protection. I, and then before I even realized this, I'm like, oh shit, I didn't do anything. And I, and it hit me hard. Like there was a lot more there than I thought. And I, I got that blast off, but all of a sudden I closed my eyes and I was confronted by these demons, all these horrific that, I mean, the worst things you can possibly come up with in your imagination, they were all confronting me, standing there facing me, trying to scare, scare me. And had I not uh, had the understanding that I do, I would have snapped out of that because you can open your eyes and, and break free from that. You don't have to. Uh, if anybody's ever done DMT, you can just break the connection. Mm -hmm. But no, instead of being scared, I laughed at him. I confronted him. I was like, I was like, well, you guys don't scare me. I was like, I was like, I'm trying to reach the elder council. I kept telling them that telepathically. For some reason, I was telling them I'm trying to reach the elder council. And I didn't know why I was trying to reach the elder council. But I was telling them that. I don't even know who the elder council is. And they were just trying to, like, intimidate me and scare me. I was, like, laughing in my head and smiling. Like, this doesn't work. And you can tell, I could tell their expressions were, like, kind of, like, in shock. They didn't know what to do. 
like they're trying to be big and bad and scary and then it just wasn't working so they're like well what what do we do now <laughs> you know and so one of them one of them dove into my chest and started trying to burrow its way into my heart and i'm watching it and i'm like it's, it's not going to work. Just, you might as well just give up. It's not going to work. I'm looking down. My eyes are closed, but I'm seeing it in, a, in another world, another realm. And I'm like, it's not going to work. You got, and he kept like getting deeper. I'm, like, I'm starting to thinking to myself, oh, crap. So I just thought I filled myself, my entire body up with light. And I blasted it out like an explosion. And it just, they all went away. Hmm. And... I opened my eyes and it kind of started fading and the whole, the whole, uh, it started wearing off. And I was, and a normal person probably would have been like, F that I'm never doing that again. <laughs> but me, I was like, there's a little more left. I was like, I want, I knew where I was, <laughs> I knew where I was trying to get. So I did a little, I took it and did it again. And sure enough, I bypassed that realm, whatever the hell that was. And went straight to the most beautiful place that I can't even describe to you. There's no words for it. And I was welcomed by these ETs. I mean, they were they were all like dancing and holding hands, and a lot of them were like hybrid type, like they were half animal, half half human. It was like a, a, the most beautiful thing. There's no words. I was seeing all these symbols and these sacred geometry, and and I kept getting. They were telling me something, but the only word I, I can remember was hospitality, and they kept saying it. And what I was getting, the message is that this is a preview of the new earth. And what the message was, was hospitality. Like, here, everybody's on their own. It's like, you know, you're out for yourselves, and that's how you, we're in survival mode here. But then on the new earth, it's, it's the definition of hospitality. Everyone is there serving each other. And that was the message of that whole experience. Mm. and there are no words to describe what I actually saw and how beautiful it was but I, and I think the demons or whatever I saw at the beginning were something that had actually been hanging around me for a while I just didn't realize it and I was able to see them and I could never have had that experience if I didn't uh, confront them and mm. I, I believe I was distracted before my my experience like I said, I was distracted. I think that happened for a reason. So I would confront them and I, and I could, you know, rid them. Mm. Amazing. Uh, so that's that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing it. That's powerful. Wow. So anybody, uh, please don't give me shit for doing DMT. I don't do it all. <laughs> I, I don't even know where to get it. Um, <laughs> Nothing it is. You can't get it from us. Yeah. It's a one-off. Actually, there'll be a link below if you want. To. <laughs> yeah. Email Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of you reminded me of the, the matrix. This kind of goes back to what we're talking about. If, if you remember the, uh, of course you do, the, the, when Neo at the end wakes up and is like, stops all the bullets and has that knowing. There's so many amazing things in there. I'm going to go back and rewatch it just from where I'm at now. And um, what he does is he doesn't sort of pick up a gun and, and kill the uh, the agents. He runs, and the agent is like, "Whoa, hold on a minute! Like what?" And he jumps into the agent Smith right in front of him, right? and then he transmutes him. Explains yeah. Him. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. That's, yeah. I mean that I, that just came to me recently. That's, that's kind of the transmutation thing with this this, this energy shift. 
So I would probably, I would pull back from the statement and I may lead with getting them to ask the question so they can take ownership of the, the truth. And I would, um, if I had time to think about it, which necessarily, but I would say something like, um, like, hey, how's it going? You connect with them. What if I told you that everything in the world that you thought was, was completely different? And over the next one, two, three, four, five years, that's going to come into your awareness. And then I walk off. A lot of this information has been kept uh, uh, sort of locked up or kept undercover because of the invasion of the Smithsonian group way back in the 1880s. What actually happens is it's not taken to preserve it, it's taken to hide it. And um, about four and a half miles from here, a cave was discovered. It's not really a cave as such, it's a man-made cavern system. But how the hell do you get that much granite? Because the granite on the base of that damn near weighs what the dirt on the top of it weighs. Nobody knows what's underneath it. I've heard a theory that there's a spaceship underneath it. There was copper and steel plated artifacts that depicted men in armor with shields and helmets. Including right here at Cahokia, there were reported two giants with double rows of teeth and six fingers and six toes. Extra vertebrae or extra ribs in their cage. These are different races of people. They're not just regular humans. Definitely is a stone burial chamber and there's a large body in it, uh, bones. I would say 15 to 16 feet. I saw different types of extraterrestrials here with the Native Americans. The peoples of the Cahokia Mounds actually saw the Birdman as some kind of cosmic being and not a humanoid being. So this Birdman was the last and the pure and the true of his kind. So yes, there are, there were rituals or there were dances and celebrations and people would dress up like the galactic beings that were visiting. Um, but there were actual physical galactic beings that were visiting. <laughs>